0: Now entering Nerdist.com.
1: It's the Nerdist Writers Panel on the Nerdist Podcast Channel. Ben Blacker talking writing with writers. Writers talking
2: writing can get pretty exciting. The talk can be lightning. It's very, very frightening. Ben Blacker talking writing with writers. Yay! Yeah.
3: Welcome to the Nerdist Writers panel series, an informal chat about writing and the business and process of writing. Each and every panel benefits 826LA, the national nonprofit tutoring program. For more information on 826LA, visit 826LA.org. I'm your moderator, Ben Blacker. Follow me on Twitter, at Ben Blacker. I'm the co-creator of the Thrilling Adventure Hour stage program in the style of old-time radio, available as a podcast on iTunes and via Nerdist.com. Uh, I've written for the series Super Ninjas and Supernatural. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a round of applause to the stars, creators, and writers of Comedy Central's Key and Peele. Thank you all for being here. Um, please take, take the mics off. Make yourselves comfortable in as much as you can. Uh, and starting here with Jordan, let's just go down the line, introduce yourselves, tell us what you have to do with the show. I mean, I know you're all writers for it, but some of you are... New okay. season. Some of you have been there from the very beginning. Some of you, it was your idea. Uh, so, Jordan, <laughs> let's start with you. That's right. Okay, I'm uh, Jordan Peele, uh, one of the,
2: uh, thank you. Yeah, correct. Executive producer uh, and uh, writer and uh, performer on Key and & Peele. And uh, I'm Keegan-Michael Key, and I'm an executive
4: producer, co-creator. It's another term we could use co creator, uh, writer, and. Uh, From the imaginations. Of <laughs> so that's me.
5: Uh, Ian Roberts, executive producer and uh, showrunner. Colton Dunn, writer. Rebecca Drysdale, it was my
1: idea. Alex Rubens, writer.
0: Uh, Rich Tellerico, writer.
6: Charlie Sanders, writer. <laughs> <laughs>
7: Perfect. We're out of time. <laughs>
3: thank you, thank you guys again for being here. Um, let's start at the beginning. Um, uh, when you, when Key and Peel, when you guys were on Nerdist, you had uh, a nice conversation about where the show came from. So I recommend everybody check out Chris Hardwick's Nerdist podcast to hear that so we don't have to retread it too much. But talk to us a little bit about where you guys, uh, especially you two, came from and how the show came to be. And, and I believe you were there as well, Ian. Is that right? From the very beginning?
5: Just a little bit after the very beginning.
3: Okay, so let's talk about the very beginning, and then we'll work our way down and talk about how all of you got involved.
2: Well, uh, Keegan and I met back uh, in Chicago. We were uh, uh, what ten ten, ten years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Uh, he was at Second City. I was at this place called Boom Chicago, um, and uh, we were uh, we were int- we were actually introduced by Becky Drysdale down there, who is. Uh, one of our friends in common, and uh, we became, you know, just great fans of one another's, uh, you know, performing. Uh, We ended up doing Mad TV for five years together, wrote a lot of sketches together, and sort of developed uh, just a really fun, most fun, you know, working Working relationship relationship. ever. Yeah. Of, you know, sort of one-upsmanship, which we sort of brought into the show, you know. Uh, And, uh, yeah, that was the... And and so in in the genesis, we just... uh, we have the same manager, so uh, with you know one of these little periods where we had uh, nothing to do. At the same time, uh, it was you know just one of those good. Uh, it was a, yeah, he just serendipitous thing. little moment.
4: Yeah, what do you think about doing a show together? And we thought, why why
3: wouldn't
2: we? You know, and so had we so much yeah, so we fun. so and we pitched to uh, Comedy Central.
3: Yeah, and was yeah. that the only place you guys pitched? Uh, we pitched the show to Fox as well. Um, what, did, what did that pitch look like? I mean, we know most people here are sort of. You know, writers with a foot in the door, so we've all kind of been in this pitching situation. Although I've never pitched a sketch show myself, so tell me, what is that like? The the uh, the original pitch was actually for um, it was kind of a
4: half narrative, half sketch show. So the original pitch was like, uh, you know, he and I would be remember we would go to the pitch meetings, we'd be talking about ideas in the room, in the car. So we were talking about the, the the show being like the beginning of the show being me picking him up from work.
2: And going, and us going to the office it was like yeah, it was yeah. very uh, postmodern, sort of w- wrapped in within itself. Within wasn't itself,
4: it? yeah. So we would we talk. We'd start talking about ideas in the car, and then somehow the idea that we're we we're discussing uh, in the seats in the car would then morph into a performance of the scene. <laughs> or if we were sitting, because uh, we do this all the time. Like if we were sitting together at the airport, very often. Jordan will over to me and go, Look at this motherfucker right here, look at this motherfucker right here. And and, and that usually we're, we're usually watching the you know, the, the an embryonic scene in front of our eyes, you know, and we were saying like you know, the camera would turn around and all of a sudden it would be him and me doing that scene, the beginning of that scene. And at the end of every episode, it would be like him and me arriving at the office, walking into the front door, and you'd hear a bunch of raucous writers in the front, and we'd go, Okay, guys, so here's some ideas we had for today's episode, close the door behind us and the credits would roll. Oh, wow. So and then Fox said, Oh, we can't do that. <laughs> this is a broadcast network. We can't do
2: that. Yeah.
3: It seems a little heady for yes. a lot
2: of. Well, that, that's not entirely accurate. Actually, they, you know, we 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 ended up going with uh, Comedy Central uh, as opposed to going with a deal with uh, Fox, uh, just because we thought Comedy Central was a better uh, a place for. It. I thought it, it was our call that I think it was not the right show for Fox. Oh, I just found out something recently. Uh, oh, you did. <laughs>
0: Oh, tell
2: us what, yeah, what happened yeah. in
4: Montreal. I saw Suzanne from Fox, and, and she said, "Yeah, I was talking to Kevin the other day, and we both got sad, and then Kevin said it Probably. it wasn't the right show for us. Said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, I did not share that with you. I'm sorry. Fox
1: uh, is passing Jordan but, but you're right,
4: but you're right in the moment still you, right. you are right. we did make that decision. <laughs> no. do you think it's still a possibility <laughs> <We thought. laughs> um, but uh, um but it was they you were right they liked the idea I think that was my cynicism I'm like they're never gonna they're never gonna do it. but, we, but, but they, they liked it they liked the idea who
3: knows what? we don't know who knows what would have happened did you pitch that same concept to Comedy Central? Uh, Yeah, I mean, the the, the, I think the the main thing
2: about the process was we were trying to just stay ahead of the curve with wherever we were to can at least convince whoever we were uh, pitching to that we had something new, something different than the. It's not going to be. Yeah, but but, but, trust us, it's not going to be the Chappelle Show. Trust us. Right. It's going to be our own, you know, new. And so there's an element of that. You know, even after working together and having our reel together, there was an element of that that, uh, you know, was there to present. But we still had to sort of be like, you know, you got to sort of trust us at a certain point that the quality of the comedy is going to be good. But what ended up happening, uh, if I remember, because it was a couple years ago, was that like, you know, every couple of months we would sort of shift the idea around to stay sort of one step ahead of the pitching phase because ultimately in the end of the game I think, you know, wherever we pitched, just kind of wanted a sketch show, wanted a good sketch show but in order to sort of grease their wheels, we always had to come up with some uh, No, that, that's, that's absolutely correct. Yeah, yeah. No,
4: yeah, that, that's a good way of saying it's trying to just stay at the front of the wave so they weren't, you know it, you know yeah.
3: Well, yeah, you can't go in and say, trust us, we're funny, we're going to do good material, right? <laughs> like, that's the ideal situation, so you have to come up with these sort of hooky things. Yeah. And, and so it, it's and when it, something clicks with them, that's, that's right. And
2: it's sort of this weird, you know, nebulous uh, 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 combination of them w- wanting to trust you and trusting you, but sort of moment to moment needing an excuse <laughs> to tell whoever they needed to tell that this was a good idea. Right. Uh, so it was. That it was going to be okay. It was very. It was a very long process from getting them to sign on to having us do a pro, a, a, a pilot, to even figuring out what the voice of the show was. Right. Yeah. 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 And it wasn't until we got, uh, you know, after we made the pilot, we then got the staff writers into the show, and that's when the sort of real body and voice of the show came together. Well,
3: yeah, and that's, that's what I was going to ask uh, of these guys. It seems to me that the hook of the show is sketch comedy filtered through your brains, but obviously there are ten brains here. Right, right. Um, so, Ian, when did you come in, how did you get involved, and how did you become showrunner for the show?
5: Well, I can't. You'd have to tell me when. I don't know how far down the line you guys were, but we have the same manager, uh, Keegan and Jordan and uh, Jay, who's not here tonight. Um... And we came in and met with them, and I remember the first thing they did was uh, improv through the bitch scene, which ended up in the pilot. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were really funny, and I guess uh, you have to ask them, We, we thought they were really funny. I, we ended up working with them, so I assume we did something right in the room. But uh, you know, we kind of got along, and it and it seemed like a great idea. They seemed really funny, and uh,
2: yeah, we uh, you know we I, if if anything sort of made it work, I think it was trust. We you know we know uh, Ian Ian's work from uh, you know way back in the day in Chicago, and he's founder of uh, one of the founders of UCB, and so his credentials sp- kind of spoke for himself, and he's also. You know, he's he's a real engaging uh, comedic mind in the room. So he's the type of guy who can just go off and you can sort of get a million great ideas from a five-minute conversation with him. So it was just a, you know... Yeah, and then we all yeah, we riffed
5: off. a little bit on bitch. I think it may have been in that room that the idea for uh, going into space in, in Burbank rose. Uh, I think in, in uh, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, oh no, in, in in the
4: office when we met with yeah. you guys, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. the yeah. very first Maybe. time. Know we're talking there. about
5: heightening, heightening. You know, they they talked about their. Um, they saw their thing as like the one-upsmanship and, the, you know, keep taking it to the next level, take it to the next level. And I remember riffing about, yeah, we go here, we go here, we go here, you know, and with you're, that scene.
2: You know, and your uh, UCB is kind of, you know, involved with the, you know, modern textbook of, of comedic
3: heightening. I mean, that's kind of yeah. what you guys specialize in. Yeah talk, yeah, talk to us just for a minute about your comedy background, Ian.
5: My comedy background. Well, he said it. Founding member of the Upright Citizens Brigade. We had a show a million years ago on Comedy Central, uh, sketch show, and um, uh, we have uh, theaters New York and L.A. and schools New York and L.A. and and big on teaching, you know, what the bones are of comedy, you know, kind of skeletally, what was something you can depend on. So people that are naturally funny. How can they get to the point where they feel comfortable? I can do that any day of the week, any time, because I know the rules. You know? And so, and
3: are these guys, Are you guys UCB guys? Have you gone through this training? Uh, do you come from elsewhere? Yes? You can answer.
5: I, I did. <laughs> I think uh, me and
7: Charlie... Yes, I am uh, a student of the upright the system. <laughs> um, actually, once Ian was my teacher like eight years ago and I did a move in improv class and he said... Um, Half jokingly, that was, quote, the worst yes and I've ever seen.
5: (laughs) So naturally, you hired him. (laughs) I'm a very nurturing teacher.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Eight years later, (laughs) thankfully he forgot. (laughs) Uh,
3: So maybe you guys who have been through the UCB uh, program can tell us about, you know, what is this skeleton? What do they teach you in there? Uh, You know, save us all some money. <laughs> uh, no, but just give us some ideas because obviously this is stuff that you guys bring to the show now. Uh,
2: well, I think I think the game is uh, is something that you'd hear a term used a lot at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater and in a lot of other theaters, uh, and it's that idea. A lot of times you'll see in our scenes where you know sort of a funny little thing will happen in the scene. And then we kind of break down the different elements of why that funny thing happened, and keep making it happen more and more uh, to a, you know a, either a more extreme level or a more emotional level. Whatever happened, you know, to create that, like in the bitch scene, it's you know how how much more secluded can they get? How many more times can they look back and forth? You know, all that stuff is all you know part of this game, I guess that we would that we would consider. Uh, and uh, they also, uh, you know, they teach. Um, you know, who, what, where, and all that stuff, too. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. Charlie, do you uh, got any?
7: <laughs>
1: terrible.
7: <advertising? laughs> terrible. How, do we, how do we
1: explain it, <laughs> Ian? Uh, I did not study at UCB, but I did teach there. Oh, really? Yeah. And I taught <laughs> sketch. you sneak in? I taught sketch there, and I got one piece of paper that's said Ian's Notes. That's right. So that's how I... Did or, it? What
0: were those notes?
1: <laughs> what he said before, okay. just great. Yeah, but, you know, finding that thing and, and heightening it and heightening it and heightening it. And what what's your comedy background, Rebecca? Um, I I've actually worked with Jordan since we were eighteen. Oh, okay. um, we were uh, in school together at Sarah Lawrence in New York, and then I was hell-bent on going to Chicago to study there. And I think somewhere during sophomore year, I said, "Do you want to?" Get out of here and go to Chicago. And he said, "Let me get my stuff." And we left. Um, and so Jordan and I did. We did two-person shows. Called two Chicago white guys.
6: And
2: yeah. we did, uh, you know, we did uh, songs, songs, dance. The whole thing, we, uh,
1: yeah, we, we uh, what was it, About a year and a half in Chicago, we had yeah. three Yeah, and three then missions. we both got shipped off to Boom Chicago together, and I met Colton at Boom, because he was coming in when I was leaving, okay. and then I went back to Second City in Jordan, thrived at Boom, and went to Mad. so, and that's when I met Keegan, mm-hmm. so it all sort of,
2: there's pfft. a deep web of, yeah. uh, uh, you know, different meeting points throughout this, this whole staff.
3: We're going to get into it. Let's get into it. That's what people want to know is how you all know each other. (laughs) What are you doing here? Uh, Let's get you three guys on the end. Hi. Thank you. Uh, Rich where, where do you all come from And uh, where do your, what are your comedy credentials Rich you're with the show for the first time right? You guys were there last season
0: Yes I won the sweepstakes <laughs> Nice job, well done I sent in enough box tops
1: yeah. sorry, <laughs> uh, I've program.
0: Uh, Ian since uh, the late 1900s And uh, Keegan and Jordan I also knew in Chicago And worked with them on Mad TV And uh, yeah Came through there Improv.
2: Uh, you know, Rich was. We had one more, you know, spot to fill basically for this next season. We wanted to add one more writer, one new voice, and he was just. He was really the only option from very early on. I don't know that we even uh, interviewed anybody else actually. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I was we, sure we,
0: mean to a bunch of people in a room then. <laughs> <laughs> I
5: don't know who those guys
0: were.
2: Yeah, we made it we we dressed up a room like it was They a, were
5: they were ordered to take you out if the answer was no.
6: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh, uh yeah, we uh, he Rich Telrico was on the uh, also a second you know, second city guy, which is the theater that Keegan's from in Ch- in Chicago and Detroit. And uh Rich, Rich was on the main stage there when Becky and I moved to Chicago. Uh so uh you know, we, when we moved, when Becky and I moved to Chicago, we started just uh, basically waiting tables there, making food, and watching you know the the masters do it. So you know we've uh, the long way of saying uh, we really look up to Richie's comedy uh, have for a long time.
0: Thank you, buddy. You
2: too. Thanks.
3: Uh, and gentlemen. Where where do you come from?
6: Uh, I, I still don't know who this is. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
6: I'm Alex. I hoped one of you guys yeah. knew. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually. It, it is worth noting that I, literally, literally everyone at this table except for me is an incredibly experienced. Uh, Improv comedian. <laughs> it's true. This is true. They're all. This is in- something I was
3: going to ask about. Are yeah. you not a performer. How
6: I am all not. I
5: took uh, don't, improv. Don't neglect to tell them that you've taken up to level four at the Upright.
6: I have taken. Now. Excuse me, and I've taken advanced study. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just there's a level of disrespect I think that we have to deal. With. No. Uh, yeah. No. I'm not a. I am not. I'm a. am a writer uh, first and foremost, and I. Uh, where'd, met Jordan. Where'd you go to school? What's that? What's that about? <laughs> Why would you? Uh, where did you go to school at? I went. I went to Yale. And I, uh, yeah. you know,
1: so. But did you graduate from UCB? I
6: yeah. did.
1: Well, they don't really graduate. Did you, you do? Did you
5: do advanced study me. at Yale? Jesus Christ! It's just, like, you know. We we like to keep the door open to continue to take your money. Yeah. So we we never
3: matriculate um, you. What yeah. what is your background as a comedy writer though?
6: Uh, it's, well, it's mainly writing. I was mainly fiction for most of my life, and I like uh, dark comic novels. Okay. But I also always loved, you know, sketch comedy. I always loved comedy. I mean, in retrospect, that I cared about that a lot more than I cared about a lot of the stuff that I thought I cared about. Um, uh, and and the the way I got into the show is that when I moved to LA, I, I had met Jordan through a mutual friend, and we hung out and like wrote a screenplay immediately. It just sort of happened. Um, uh, and uh, and then I guess he's, he's
2: he's a real, you know, he's one of these Yale guys. <laughs> mm, he's yellies. But I, I do want to say though, what's interesting, you know. You know, it is like a lot of us seem like oh those guys have been, a lot of us have been doing comedy for years and years you know like that's all we've done uh and and Alex is you know not from that same background, but it just goes to show you some of his sketches are some of the most inspired sketches that you'd go, oh wow, you know like this he, he you know, maybe he, he, and one, of the, one of the things I think is great with him is that there might be areas that we wouldn't broach because we feel like, oh, that's been done, or we've seen it before, but he's got... <laughs> no, 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 hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You've got to let me finish. It's a compliment. <laughs> but but he explores it and finds something interesting and new that we never would because we wouldn't even attempt to try it. We'd be like, oh, you know, I don't know if we can, we can do something fresh with that. He's able to, like, take things and, and create some of the freshest... Uh, you <laughs> Uh, you know, material. Uh, you know that. That I. I don't know. Can I, you think think I think thing, it's great? I think by
6: the same token, I, I thought when I first met Colton, he just seemed like a real dullard to me, and not very interesting. And then it turned out. that No, I'm just kidding. No, seriously. That's a. Re, I really. That means a lot to me. And I, that's that. It's well, if the experience. I am of, a dullard, Yale, though. So. <laughs> yeah, you know dullard. I mean. I want to just Everyone's a dullard compared to I, Yale. I did I go suppose. to Yale, so you know. I mean, it's a different kind of. No, but I,
3: I, I appreciate that. It's I, dullard. I'm curious well, I, to hear though. And uh, I'm sorry. Let me. Let me. No, please. Me derail this. My what I was um, <laughs>
1: boring.
3: A lot of dullards on the panel. <laughs> yeah. um, can you think of an example, Colton, of that kind of you know, comedy that you guys who have been in comedy feel has been mined to death?
7: I got
2: one. Uh, I, oh, sorry. I, oh yeah,
3: yeah.
4: yeah no, go for it.
7: Uh, that, uh, I'm going to feel dumb if you didn't write this one, but I'm 99% sure. You wrote the uh, screaming about cinema in the movie theater sketch. Yeah. So, yeah, from yeah. season one, it's where uh, uh, Jordan Keegan are uh, two guys in the movie theater talking, and then um, the white couple that's in the movie theater like wants them to be quiet. But what they're talking about is like... Um, really specific cinema things. You guys remember the sketch I'm talking about? So it's like, I saw that before in Nosferatu. Um, so I think that's a good example of what you're talking about, Colin, because it's like, we'd go, oh, a sketch about two black guys talking too loud in a movie theater. Like, I feel like I've seen that. But then that particular take is really interesting and new, and also I think very key and peel. Like, I feel like that's a really representative sketch of the voice of the show.
3: Well, that and that was going to be my next question. What. What does make this show different? You know what what makes this key and peel, or how do you guys know in the room what is
2: well, a key and peel? If, sketch? if
1: Alex says it's going to be funny,
0: <laughs> that's
2: what we there's, usually defer to him. A, <laughs> there's a couple things I think that uh, probably set us apart uh, in our process. One is that we really we write. You know, we this season we had to make uh, write 67 sketches, and we wrote over 300. We had we we had we, we we put up we put up this factory. So at the end of the day, we're just you know you know the term we use is we're just we're killing babies. At the end of the day, you know at the, we're you're cutting things that you love, and then uh, I think that's how we end up with some good shape. You know another thing that we do it's really uh, it's a great collaboration. Everybody has uh, you know respect for each other. And uh, you know, usually the uh, you know the sort of majority vote c- you know carries the weight, and you know what just sort of makes into the show and what doesn't. Um,
3: uh, well, let's talk about this process. Let's break it down a little more because, as you say, it is collaborative. You've got you know great minds here uh, and with a lot of comedy weight behind them, but you're also writing 300 sketches. So, how do you guys break down the writing of sketches? How does it take us through the process
1: from you know pitching to execution? Well, I would say it, it changed a lot from the first season to the second season, and that you know we, I, I think our, I, I feel like, and someone correct me if I'm wrong, just on a, we're we're always trying to figure out the best way to do it and wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I have yet to figure out how to do this job. Um, but we're, you know, we're always trying to figure out, you know, what uh, is there is there a better, more productive way to get from point A to point B? Is there a way that we can maximize our our creative efforts and times and energies? And I think that from f- with from the first season and even within the second season, we're sort of in a constant state of flux in terms of how we're going about creating this stuff.
6: Well, give, give yeah,
1: us I some examples. The, let's get.
2: I think like the, it. Well, the basic like sort of in any sketch writing process is you kind of have a pitch area you know, where you sort of pitch out an idea, and then, you know, you go through your drafts like you would with anything else. So, like, our day would be, you know, maybe we'd have a morning meeting you know, at ten thirty, ten forty-five, and everyone would throw out a couple of ideas that they had, you know, something that happened to them on the way, uh, you know, to work or, or a sketch that they had done in a show before that they think, you know, could be, you know, something that they could make work for this. And we sort of throw those, you know, ideas around. By the end of that, somebody would maybe have an idea of something that they wanted to work on. Uh, And uh, then, uh, you know, another part of the day would be Jordan and Keegan actually just walking around through the office and coming up and just shooting the shit with one-on-one with the writers and uh, (laughs) shooting the shit.
1: I was just—I was remembering that you know Jordan will just walk by in the hall and be like "fart party," and I'll be like "yep," and then that'll be. That, it
2: could be that, that simple. process. It, it could be that simple, and then you I just like I take a little note card out, you write down "fart yeah, party," I'll be in my office. And you put so. it up, um, you know, and uh, uh, and and, so, and I think that's it. And then you know, we could always felt like we could do our own stuff, you know. So yeah. there'd be sometimes stuff where you just kind of, you know, like I get stoned a lot. All the time, so when I'm at home getting stoned, I might be like, "Ah, oh, this is going to be great," but I don't want to pitch it to anybody <laughs> because they'll all be like, "Ah, oh, there he goes again." So I'll just write it. I'll just write it and send it in, and then it's just in there, and they have to deal with it, you know. So that, I think that's sort of the process. And then after that, we go into sort of the table read process, which you can be, you know, which can give you great, great benefits and also be horrible, yeah, you know. But uh, that's well,
3: tell us. Uh, I mean, and again, any of you you guys. Uh, tell us about the benefits or the horrors of the table read process. <laughs> well, um, go ahead. It is, and I, th- I think in Sketch it's very different from things we've heard about in the past on uh, half hours or even
7: hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, the, well this is kind of about both pitching and the table read process. I mean, what, what's really great, Key and Peele's my first staff writing job, and so this is just based on what I've heard from, I have a bunch of friends that write for other shows, is like couldn't be a more creatively fostering environment. I mean, right. you can really, really try any idea you have. And you might pitch an idea and if it doesn't fly in the room, if you still believe in it, you can tell Ian or, or Jay or yeah. Keegan or Jordan, like, hey, I really want to try this. And they're never going to say no. They'll always be like, okay, try it. And you try it and you read it at the table and then you, at least you find out, you know. And I think that really <laughs> lends itself to some really great ideas because you're like, I can try any idea I have no matter how strange. Um, and the table reprocess, and it's similar to the pitch room, like when we pitch it, everybody riffs on it. And it gives it kind of that uh, it gives it that unified voice because when you read it at the table then you are gonna get everybody's ideas for jokes and moves that could happen in that scene so I, I really enjoy it
1: mm-hmm. I also think that like you know it's hard and this is something Jordan tries to foster a lot too like it's not like how many sketches you get on it's all a collective process and so on it's hard to remember that but um, I do feel like there's sort of a, a lack of ego with it I feel like we're all really good like if something at the table just sucks that if you wrote it or whoever wrote it will just be like, yeah, that was garbage, okay. (laughs) You know, like I feel like everyone's very good at being like, that was my idea and it was clearly terrible and let's move on from here. So I feel like there's a lot of um, you know, nobody's ego gets in the way of, of the best thing ending up being what is the thing, you know, yeah, and I, I <clears throat> the
6: first time I ever understood what television writing was, I sort of was late to understanding that it existed as a job. I read an article about the Simpsons writer's room, and I was so inspired and terrified because it sounded like a wonderful nightmare, you know, where you throw things out and they just get crushed, and it's terrifying. Uh, and that's just the opposite of this experience. I mean, I was
2: scared. I mean, but I, I, I will say, too, as, as far as the, you know, the going to the voice and killing babies, you know, uh, there are times which is what is great in the writers room is like you'll come up with something and it could be something like a joke that you love or you know or a tone thing that you just love but the, everybody's against it you know, or, or you know, then you just you just have to do it. It's still your work. And so you have to make yourself understand why that new idea can work, which I think is a really strong muscle to work, you know, in, a writer, for in writing anywhere, you know, is the ability to take a note that you don't agree with, but it could still be a right note. You just personally don't like it because it's, you know, it's all about taste. And you have to get yourself to wrap your head around that taste and make it work. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that goes with the collaboration, too, that I think goes really well here at Key Peel, and that I enjoy is that there's a lot of that going on.
1: Mm-hmm. There's also stuff that I feel like we'll all agree is a great sketch but isn't a Key and mm-hmm. sketch. Really? And that, you know, knowing that also takes figuring out what a Key and Peele sketch is and yeah. that's something we're always How far figuring in the process out also. Get? How far in the process do you get with a sketch like that? Uh, far. I mean, we can get... We'll go all the way. Yeah, <laughs> I imagine. yeah. I mean, I mean you can get funny. very far with something and be like, "What the hell is wrong with this thing?" And realize, like, it's just a different voice, or it's it's not. You know, I mean, there have been things that you know, I think
7: um, a good exam- close to
1: all of us. I
7: think a good example of that was, um, do you guys remember my Krispy Kreme? I want you guys to help me move for Krispy Kreme Donuts sketch. (laughs) And it was like, it started you know, it was like basically like, you know, people will be like, hey, come help me move. We'll we'll get a pizza. And you're like, I'm going to lug furniture upstairs for a piece of pizza? Like, no way. So that was like the idea. And it went through like, I mean, we all desperately wanted it to work. It had like, I mean, there must have been 10 incarnations where then it became like a church group was wrapping presents for Krispy Kreme Donuts or something like that. It went, it morphed and morphed and morphed and finally at a point you go, but we always thought it was funny but at a point you go, there's something about it. Like, I think, Jordan, how you eventually put it to me was like, oh, this would be a great SNL sketch, but it's just not a Key and peel sketch.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's what we, we – at the end of the day, I think we were trying to uh, s- save it from it. And that's something that kind of happens a lot, by the way. And I think one of those things that makes a Key and peel sketch, uh, or we hope makes a Key and peel sketch, is what you're talking about and kind of what um, you know, Colton and Alex were talking about, about that – A type of sketch that you uh, you you don't see it coming, but then also one of the things we say is, uh, let's try and write something that you could only imagine uh, Keegan and I performing for whatever reason. So whatever whatever ingredients that means, if it's you know, if it's you know, uh, I mean Colton wrote this sketch this year where we're you know Keegan and I are two valets talking about Liam Neeson's and how much we like Neil, Liam Neeson's. And I'm just... With an S on the end and of Liam Neeson's. He's
1: not saying it wrong. It's Liam Neeson's. Sketch. And I'm just... It's <laughs> a perfect example. First sketch of the season, I, I believe. First, the very first sketch of the
2: season. Perfect example of something that I think Keegan and I feel like. Okay, well, great. Well, this is our bread and butter. <laughs> Jumping around, like you know, yeah. Is I that
4: know. is that right? Was it the first sketch of the season?
2: Not the very so the first got, thing so I, saw. Got, I came so in, I sat down so and I wrote. So you're two and two.
4: You're two for two. Well, you're two for two. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Because the, the the first kind of the first sketch that kind of bing last year was was Soul Food.
2: Soul food, yes, yeah. Yeah.
4: But also this year,
2: this year you came in and you and Power Falcons was that not your first? (laughs) Okay, so here's the deal. (laughs) All right, you know, and and it's okay because this is how the world works, and this is a writers panel, so I want to tell you guys something. Writers don't get shit. (laughs) All right, and and what happens? is a writer will write something that comes from his heart, his soul. He'll create a story. And will like, come here like tonight for to instance, talk to you guys about writing. I wrote yeah, this, Liam you know, this thing called Power Falcons. <laughs> from his- something I love. Power Falcons. I'm a big fan. Voltron. All those, you know, you, I'm sure you guys could get, you wrap your head again the world. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he fucking points to his hat and goes, hey, man, look what I got. The wardrobe lady just whipped this up. That's my fucking Power Falcon that I created. And he's Falcon got a brand Power new Falcon. hat for it. <laughs> it's like, oh, Writers you... don't get shit, so don't think did you're going to you? get a fucking cool... You're going to get Dude. one hooded sweatshirt <laughs> at the end of a season. That's what you get. Dude, All the you... other cool shit. Get a podcast. Yeah, get a podcast, thank, and then you you, I'll say a fan. Yeah, maybe a fan will do it. But yeah, there we go. So the, the, he's wearing you'll you'll see that this Are you season. sure you wrote that oh. I forgot I was that like I said it's mostly collaborative.
1: <laughs> The, the, what's what's funny too is the the journey that that sketch in particular went through from like day one to the very end, where we were all like marching in the streets, fighting for this little scene that we all believed in so My, much. Tell, tell that the thing this. you're this pissed is really about is the hat. Uh, Colton, you want to tell them the, the sketch?
2: Of that? Um, well, I mean, I don't. Uh, I guess I don't. I don't know how much we want to talk about the content of the sketch if it's. Uh, you know, uh, we can but, always take it out. But, do well, it. here's, you know, basically it's, it, it has to do with those, you know, the the you know, the big, big monster Japanese-style shows and when all the people in the show tend to be the color of their whatever race like they are. Like, if you're the Asian guy, you'll be yellow. Ultra. If you're the black guy, you're the black falcon, you know. So that's sort of the idea behind the sketch. Uh, but it was one of those sketches where Comedy Central and, you know, some other people had no idea about that about that archetype in in in, uh,
0: <laughs>
5: in the world
2: and so you have but that's
5: one of the things with the show you have to... I would
2: have been a very weird 30
5: year old man to have watched that show.
2: You would have. As you, as you would have. Watching. I'm not and, and I'm not, it's not judging if you don't know what that is. But that's part of it is we had to figure out okay, how can we make this sketch funny for, you know, us who love that stuff and grew up on it, but how can we make it translate to people who didn't see that and they don't understand that exists. And so it goes through, you know, a bunch of how can we, you know, set it up at the beginning? How clear can we, you know, can we make it? And I think even at the end, we may not really those people still may watch that sketch and be like, what the fuck is this sketch about? But but what, what matters to me is that I think it's it's funny enough and that the people who love it are really going to love it. And, uh, you know, so I
1: think that's pretty much it. And the, they're going to get hats.
2: And the, and the animal, and the animal, they'll all get hats. They can order, they'll be able to order them. Uh, and the animal changed a few times. Yeah. yeah. Power lions, power... Is, lions, power, yeah. falcons, huh? eagles. Yeah, the different, different power animals. Power cougars, and we landed on power It is one falcons. of those things, though, where it's, you know, it... All this the fighting that this sketch had to had to go through and and really most of it I think was in our notes because ultimately, at the end of the day, I think we just asked them to trust us and they did and i and I know that they liked this sketch a lot uh but I, a lot of the this the whole conversation really did kind of hone it into a sketch that. I hope everybody can get, I don't know, I Ian, so. Ian uh, he, still, he still looks at the sketch and goes, I don't know the genre.
5: No, no, I don't but, know the genre, but, but you, you get it. You get that it's this cheesy, cheaply made thing, and the joke, at the end of the day, we're uh, let's, keep it. let's not give away the joke, but right. you, you, get, you get the joke at the end, so it doesn't matter if you know the show or not. I mean, I, I would think that'd be a problem if you had to know the show, but uh, you don't.
3: Ultimately, um, let's talk because uh, this did come up. Let's talk about the involvement of the network. Um, Annie and I imagine this is something you have to deal with. Uh, how big a hand does Comedy Central have? How, are you with the studio or, or something like
5: that too? Yeah, no, just Comedy Central. Okay. So, how that.
3: big a hand do they have? How much say do they have? What do you have to show them? Well, they have all them? the
5: say they want. We have to do whatever <laughs> they want at the end of the day, but uh, they never do that to us. Mm-hmm. And it's that—that's kind of the trade-off that usually make between dealing with one of the four major networks and then dealing with cable, Mm -hmm. you're going to make less money, and so you expect more freedom, and they usually give it to you, and and they respect Keegan and Jordan a lot, and especially, uh, I think we got even more freedom after the first season when it was clear that we knew what the voice of the show was, they knew that they could trust them, scenes that we advocated for ended up being hit scenes, and so you get more and more freedom. There's still sometimes... They, but but usually it would come to this. They, we'd be in the. It'd be the four of us. It'd be uh, Keegan Jordan J and I in the room, and um, and and they'd be going through the scenes. We like this. This one don't really like. And if we all went, oh, like in unison, they're like, <laughs> okay okay, sounds like you disagree on that one. <laughs> and that would be one that gave you the benefit of the doubt. They let keep right. working on it. You know? and w- would you be pitching them
3: premises, or would you
5: have entire scripted... Uh, no, they, in- those notes would come after we'd send them scripts. Okay. We'd send them packets every, I think, two weeks.
2: I think a great example of that is uh, McFerrin, right? The Bobby McFerrin. Yeah. Uh, which was written by Becky. Yeah. Uh, Do
3: you guys remember that sketch? Yeah, from that first season. That was a great one. Um, and was it one that they
6: said, we don't get it, or we were against it? Well, wasn't part of the process... I, I remember conversations where we were deciding whether to send it to them with the absolute certainty that Comedy Central would say no. Wasn't I, I feel like we were like, well, they'll say no, but maybe we should send it, maybe we shouldn't send it, and then didn't we send it, and then they just yeah. said yes? Isn't that what happened? It, <laughs> it, it was one of those weird
2: ones that... Uh, I think uh, after they got a little skittish about it, about where we could uh, place it in the running order... But for we were very surprised that they did, did they
5: uh, not ask us about the relevancy? Are people going to remember the guy from, <laughs> you know, academy. from police yeah. academy? They did, but yeah, oh, they, but they also they asked, they asked about asked Star about that. Wars. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I remember that conversation happening after it was made, after oh. and 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 before before when we pitched it in in the first place, we were just amazed that they
5: were. Yeah, okay every so with often it. we'd say that because of course that speakerphone and we're all there, we can see each other and stuff. So I go, we like it. We go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, for, for, those, silent, for those yeah. links to a podcast, that was us looking at each other with big smiles of surprise <laughs> on our faces. But, uh, yeah, I should be a little more glowing about them. Because, you know, I said that you expect more freedom if it's, you know, basic cable or whatever. But the, the fact of the matter is we have two really cool, you know, uh, executives that that work with us. And they get what's funny most of the time. Very, very, we we bad, don't end no. up in a situation just trying to, you know... Um, You know, like do damage control because Mm -hmm. of our executives. Actually, great. I I also think that you
1: guys. Sorry, I I think that you guys are also really good, or or, or figured out how to be really good strategists. About okay, we'll throw them this bone, and then later we'll be able to get this sketch that they don't get. Mm That we really love. So
5: there is some it's of that. Sad, we heard about that one. It's guys less were here. Machiavellian than that, but it's just <laughs> like it's sometimes if, you, if they really, really entrench on something, you got to say, "Well, we want to be, you know." I guess it is. You want to have a good working relationship, and we expect to be respected when we have really, really strong opinions. You got to give us this one, mm-hmm. and the same thing on their side. You kind of, at the end of the day, if they feel so strong, it's like, well your passion trumps our passion. Mm-hmm. You, you so strongly disagree. And usually it works out. We, um, I will not disclose it, but we're still involved in one uh, <laughs> negotiation currently. But, uh, you know, those things, but most of them, they're not that hard mm-hmm. to... Well, for
2: to the, and also, you know, the, that style that we do of kind of overwriting, writing so many more scenes than we know we're going to use, I think part of the strategy there... Is to really have Comedy Central feel safe, you know, have them feel like we've got a cushion. We've got these guys that are generating all this stuff, so I, I, I feel like that, you know, we sort of we hand them a packet with twenty five sketches. You know, we know that they're going to be like, okay, okay they're going to be more commenting on what they like than what they don't like. That's smart. We always had a chance to sell something in the table read, which I thought is where these guys came into play. You know, there would be like sometimes stuff where we like. You know, this is gonna this is gonna live or die in this table read, and you know they, you know, especially after Mad TV and stuff, uh, you know, Keegan and Jordan can just destroy uh, at a table read and uh, and really save a sketch that you know really needs to. We need to apply their voice that they don't get just looking at it on paper. And you guys do that we over learned, the phone too. Sometimes we learn
5: to to send in certain sketches. and say this is a character piece, uh-huh. so it's just like right away, just trust us. Like Keegan's got an amazing character, Jordan's got an amazing character, so it's not going to pop on the page because it's not about. As much about the game of the scene, it's about a character game that's about really the smart. performance.
4: It, and also, it can go beyond that. We have a sketch that's going to be in the show um, uh, that they they were like, "Huh, that's that's pretty smart in the writing process." And then we made it, and they said, "Oh, we don't we don't like it." And now. After screening it in front of an audience It's probably going to be in one of the first two shows You know what I mean? From going off the list And um, now that, that was but So they're, they're flexible mm-hmm. And I think like we said When you have a good work Why why? Uh, is there a difference between fighting for something And being contrary on principle well,
5: so, The, the yeah. term that you use all the time is Pick your battles So you pick your battles, you know, like, there's a lot, because it'll be a lot they say no to, we go, oh, we like that one, but you're like, is that the one that we're going to say no, you know, so you say, okay, you know, we like that one, then there's the ones like, "Uh uh-uh, no, 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 that's the magic one, that's the, that's actually, not only shouldn't be cut, it's the best one in the pack, you've got, so you wait for that one, and you let the other ones go, because, again, they wrote so much, like, we overwrote five times what we needed, so whatever. We're going to have to lose them somewhere. Lose them now. It's a good scene, but lose it. And maybe it comes back next season.
1: And then next season, we don't have to do anything.
5: <laughs> how, uh, at what point do you guys order the sketches for episodes? Now? <laughs> That's what we were well, doing how far last in week. Are you? Uh, we're about to film the live segment, so we kind of have to know what the running order is, because this season, we want to more throw to the sketches. Mm-hmm. So we're actually right down to the line, but you need to you know, we use this test screening that Keegan just mentioned to help us decide on the order of the shows. And so um, it's, it's right down the line. You want to see what's playing the strongest. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you kind of need them all edited together and done to see what the reality is. Yeah, did
2: anybody here go to the test screening? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Just wondering. I was just wondering if there
3: happened to be anybody who had been to come to both. Uh, let's talk about those live uh, segments for a second. Um, how, how, when did those become part of the language of the show? And uh, how, are, how are they done? Do you guys improvise the whole things? What's the structure for them? It's
2: pretty pretty early on. You know, I, I think with a, 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 a sketch show, we, we realize it's important with a sketch show that you have to. Know who Keegan and Jordan are in order to appreciate that we 're going to be playing these different characters, so that 's like you know how Keegan was talking about earlier with the uh you know the original concept was to you know be a little bit more meta and we would be in the real world discussing these things and then transform into sketches ultimately, we ended up just saying you know what let 's we, we have confidence in our ability to do the comedy We don't need to r- sort of reinvent The wheel structure wise um, And uh, You know yeah we ultimately decided To just sort of get out there and see what happens And we're not stand ups You know we're improvisers um, So w- We've been developing a new kind of uh, Language for ourselves You know as we do this uh, Show And uh, The uh, Let's see. the The first season was a collaboration between the writers and us to find the material. It was also, uh, you know, a good amount was just Keegan and I uh, going off, uh, you know, finding moments of improvisation in our uh, uh, in, in the live stuff that sort of, you know, showed us showed us off. And I think what we kind of found was that the combination of written stuff and improvisation. Uh, felt a a tad bit confusing, Uh, at at least to me when I watch it. I can speak for myself. There was,
4: I mean, trying to make something written feel super real as if it's off the cuff, but then the sketch that follows, the subsequent sketch, has something to do with what we were just talking about. It's... So are we? Were we trying to make it look serendipitous? That there would, you know, I mean, obviously it's a produced television show. So that was a little, yeah, yeah. it was a little confusing. And and this year it will be different. Uh, yeah. How, how has your approach to it changed then? Uh,
2: this year we're gonna we're just gonna go out there and uh, wing it. And yeah. We're just gonna really. we're just gonna focus on the the real moments and uh, just focus on the idea that. If you know, in the wor- no, you know that worst. He doesn't like this.
6: No, <laughs> uh, he, he
2: he likes it. And, and he, he's the uh, improv, improv guru, so yeah. he's in heaven.
5: I just want to make the point that that's a good example of Comedy Central through having more faith in us for yeah. the first season because some of the best stuff the guys did was in this uh, the riffing they do with the audience before the taping so instead of having a warm up comic they warmed up the audience sure. and I think from the network seeing that because our our uh, desire the first season was to have it improvised mm-hmm. but that's it's, again that's so hard to sell someone just trust us mm-hmm. and so after they saw it uh, in action this year we get to do what we close to what we wanted to do last year so. right
4: and 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 we will as I think you mentioned earlier Ian that we will there will be places where we'll maybe throw to sketches mm-hmm. or when we come back from a sketch'll we'll, we in that moment say oh you know that makes me think of remember when we were shooting that thing yeah blah 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 and then we'll talk about what happened while we shot it or we'll say this next sketch is crazy because of this and this and this that we did on set that day hmm. and and you know I think sometimes pulling back the curtain is uh is fascinating for mm-hmm.
2: yeah, yeah. yeah it's a
3: more organic feel that's really cool definitely yeah.
2: and there's a certain amount of things that Keegan and I just do in our office you know that will you know like the you know I said bitch sort of characters you know we would do that for you know days or upon days before we ever shot that sketch, just falling in love. <laughs> oh with the yeah, different ways. J- yeah,
4: just commute. J- literally, just you and I communicating together. <laughs> in, I mean, in if, that language. If yeah. We, yeah. If we had our druthers, we'd do every single. I mean, every single live segment would just be us playing table tennis.
2: <laughs> us playing table tennis and you know doing the bits that we actually do and how,
4: how we how we actually deal with each other in real life. You know, we just want people to see that.
2: And know? my my feeling about it is uh, that even if it. Does doesn't have the exact same amount of laughter in it, that there's something even more important just to give the audience that glimpse of reality. Uh, especially because I do think we have, you know, our scenes are stacked with funny bits. So, yeah, we're uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be well, fun.
5: Well, okay. and, you know, I think of that thing, show, don't tell. I think that's right. one of the mistakes we made last season because we knew the purpose of the live segments was for the people to get to know actually get to know Keegan and Jordan not playing characters and the way we went around it as it being written was to tell stories about their past and Mm -hmm. things they had done together and then we realized that them playing together is one of the best ways to get to know them which is what Jordan said like what we would just goof around the office do that on stage (laughs) so it was we were making all this effort to tell them that we know right. each other and we have history, and I am this way and he's that way, you know, and instead of just being on stage, that'll all be there if they interact the way they do in real life. Yeah, and the show th- Don't Tell is number
2: four on Ian's
4: Notes, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> well, that was, I mean, remember when we, we, did a, we did a focus group, we did some focus groups after the show was over, mm-hmm. like uh, asking people who watch television, people who are familiar with the show, and fans of the show, what they thought of the show. And it was so fascinating when they said, we're getting more of a sense of camaraderie and chemistry from them watching the sketches than we are watching them stand next to each other on stage. And you said it, Ian, you said, Martin and Lewis... People said, those guys must be best friends. Look how much fun they're having together on stage. When they were performing, we have our most fun together when we're either screwing around or we're acting together. <laughs> that's, so that's uh, where they were getting the chemistry from. That's yeah. yeah, exactly actually our an interesting thing too
2: that, that happened that you know, that I think you guys would find interesting is that we did during the second season, they took the whole, the whole series and they showed it to these audiences and we got like a a brochure. We got, like, a pamphlet yeah. that was, you know, had all this crazy information that you would never think yeah, of, like right? White like,
1: people over five feet tall. <laughs> and then, you
2: know, it's, like, all these little graphics and, like, yeah. little pictures and little quotes from people. And it was it was one of the weirdest... You know, like, you, you, you've always heard about that kind of thing, but then to, like, really see it, you know, and that there's a company somewhere that actually does this and they put it all together. And and it was another one of those things where it comes down to... Uh, to um, to um, working together and collaborating, you realize that you, you, because it's a television show and because you're going to be on that medium that's broadcasting to that many people, you have to collaborate with, with that a little bit. You have to collaborate with that weird outside, you know, what, you know, what does that, you know, the white, white people over 50, what did they think about how many times we said poop, you know? Were,
3: were there things to you guys that stood out from that uh, report?
2: Um, you know, it, it ultimately didn't show very much that we wouldn't have yeah. known. Yeah. And uh yeah, yeah. Th- for the most part it was very good. I think the the most interesting thing to me was this thing that we're talking about, which was the chemistry thing. Yeah, whereas and I know a lot of people that say the stage segments are their favorite part of the show or one of their favorite part and I, I like uh I, I do like a lot about them as well, but we got this com- sort of revealing comment uh highlighted that Yeah, the the sketches... Show off our relationship even better than the stage stuff, and I think it was because in the stage stuff like like you saying we were we were telling people about our relationship as opposed to just being in it and uh what did the, somebody
4: said in the, in the in the comments somebody said i I, I would love it if, if I, they don 't have to worry about making me laugh i'd love to watch if I would love to watch them try to make each other laugh
3: on stage right. like right. we do in the office, and i'm like there it is that's showing
2: that's it that
4: showing, that's
3: showing you it. know uh, before we get to questions from you guys, I want to go down, uh, starting on the end, tell us, I'm, I'm always curious about you know, how a writer gets his point of view or his you know, collection of influences, whatever it is, out through this collaborative medium. Is there a sketch or something uh, that you can point to from first season or, or the second season uh, where you can say, yes, that's me, this is what I brought to the table?
7: Um yeah, like uh I mean a lot of it there are definitely sketches where it's like, oh this is like a comment I wanna make or like a or a comedic idea and I want this idea to get through. I think a great thing about uh the writers from at Key and Peel is we do talk about well If if we riff and riff and riff and it becomes something else, people will say like, "Well, Charlie, was that your original comedic idea?" And you'll go, "No, but I like what it became." So then maybe you go write that, or maybe you feel strongly about your idea, you can focus on that. Like one example, uh, since you asked for it, was um, there's this sketch in the first season, the title of which is "Tea Party Sweetheart," and Keegan plays a guy who's like getting off work, and he opens his check. And he's talking to Jordan. He goes, oh, damn government, taking half my check. Might as well join the Tea Party. And then out of nowhere, a white Tea Party guy appears and goes, follow me. And then he opens a door and leads him, and he's now the leader of the Tea Party. Um, and so that's essentially what the sketch is. And, and that is also the comment I wanted, you know, I wanted to make of, like, they're so desperate for any anybody that's not like a weird white person that they'll just be like, "You're our leader now." So that, that's a good example of one. And then, but then a lot of the beats and a lot of the jokes that work really well are from the room. Sure. So uh, that's an example of one.
0: Uh, Rich. Uh, yeah, I also wanted to mention that you know, uh, what makes a sketch a keen peel sketch is mm-hmm. also. I mean, it's. Keegan and Jordan, obviously. I mean, their performance. And also, you know, attention has to be paid to Peter Atencio and his crew, because these sketches look like films. Yeah, they really. I mean, do. they don't look like sketch comedy. The typical, they come off the ceiling and then we're in the store. I mean, Peter really creates uh, a world, you know. Yeah. So huge, huge, uh, is what, you know, why that works. And, uh, you know, as far as, uh, the other thing that I feel like we've been told a lot is, you know, to write from inspiration. Mm-hmm. And that's something that Ian says often. Mm-hmm. And, uh, That's what the room gives you—is the ability to, you know, bring in something that you can still feel excited about even before you write it. You know, as far as individual pieces, I, I, you know, not for me as much, but you know. (laughs) Well, we'll get to see. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Uh, Alex, um, I really learned on the job in the first season, and, and Jordan uh, in particular helped me make the switch from thinking about trying to figure out what the right thing to write was, or like how to write a good uh, comedy sketch, instead to focus on you know th- what what made me laugh and go from there, mm-hmm. which was a huge shift for me. I, I'd say I'm most proud of the stuff that I wrote that's in the second season, um, but the the movie heckler sketch is something I'm, I have a s- attachment to. <laughs> um,
1: I feel like i one of the this is sort of separate, but um, one of the things that 's great about this job is i at least for myself how much I learn from these guys. Because I'm someone who'll be like, um, it, it's it's a sketch about politics and it rhymes and it's also a song, but then it's one word spoken by every part. like I'll have these ridiculous, complicated, stupid, ridiculous things, you know, and then Colton will be like Liam Neeson's, and it's done. <laughs> and i learned I've learned so much from you know like Charlie's an incredible observer and Rich has this playfulness and Alex has gone from being this academic writer to being. Like I don't know, he smacks him across the face and they he waffles. And then, you know, Colton's, Colton is able to generate 25 sketches and work on them and work on them until they become what he wants them to be. So, my my achievement, I think, in this show has been able to b- being able to. Uh, write something, uh, you know, more complicated. Uh, there's a sketch this year that I wrote that I've been trying to write for years and years about it's sort of commenting on Baby It's Cold Outside, that song as being like, that's a little rapey, and kind of, <laughs> <laughs> like, commenting on that within the song. And then also Fart Party, as mentioned before. So for for me, it's less about, like, this sketch is my voice as it is these are sketches that... Make me realize that I've learned something from work, doing this job and working with these people who write in really different ways. Interesting. Colt?
2: Um, well, from the first season, I think uh, yeah, there, uh, we brought up a couple of sketches that I really liked, which is Soul Food, which is one that I wrote that I really love, and it sort of you know comes from my time with the Upright Citizen Brigade Theater and, and heightening and that you know whole idea of just like you know outside of reality heightening, but it's still just two guys sitting at a restaurant and they're ordering this mm-hmm. crazy food. Uh, but then the other thing is, and, and uh, is is just uh, you know, as we talk about like people who work together for a long time. I grew up with Charlie in the same apartment building, uh, and so we've known each other for a very, very long time. Uh, and so I think we were able to, you know, uh, that sometimes your voice, you know, like it's good when you know when you have like a, a great you know statement that you want to make. You know, uh, your your inspiration doesn't have to be amazing. You know, and so we had a sketch where it was literally just two guys and we, you know we wrote this at the end of the day one day in you know, a very short two guys pull up to do a drive-by shooting, one guy shits his pants, he's got to go home. That's that's the sketch. And that sketch did not really change. Like no. there wasn't there wasn't a lot of work to be done with it. Was I mean, it, it? was a little bit of a joke. You, you, did you really think it was going to get picked when you wrote it? it I won't say that we thought it was going to be picked, but we thought it was fun, you know. And so we just wrote it and handed it in.
7: There's definitely the sketches you put in where you're like, "I dare you to send this oh, to Comedy yeah. Central,"
2: <laughs> and they loved it. They loved they loved that one they right away. they were like, it. "We love it. We, lo- we love it." It was it was called my my draws. That was the name of that sketch. My draws. <laughs> <laughs>
7: And little, little homies. Oh, yeah. little homies. Little homies which, uh, you'll well, still have
2: to wait, my friends. You'll still have to wait.
7: Yeah, that'll be maybe. Yeah, season Som-
2: five.
7: Fun. Season five. <laughs> well, Someday yeah. we'll have to do a whole podcast It's just There's the tale a- of little homies.
5: <laughs> a-, a lot of the fun, of course, the, the bits that happen out you know that aren't helping the the show move forward really. But one of the things those guys would always come in, I'd find that card up on our list of scenes we're doing, Little Homies. And it would just it would just,
7: oh, it yeah, would we'd, just kill me. We'd sneak into Ian's office and put little homies back up on the board.
5: <laughs> <laughs> The funny thing was, it became a reality again in the second season. I know that I was like, "Oh, maybe we should do little homies." Well, then it was going to be a
1: runner.
4: Yes. Uh, well, yeah. We fell in love with it a little bit. I mean, That's when we really tried to get to work. It's an elusive beast, little but, homies, was The yeah. funny
5: story with that one is that we thought it was too creepy, and then the four of us executive producers did a pass on it and read it at the table oh, to appalled silence because <laughs> yeah. we had had the exact opposite effect. We had made it the most horribly pedophilic, disturbing <laughs> scene that you've, you've ever read <laughs> and really, really thought we had fixed it. I think we got it to where this works. And talk about the room. Letting you know what you've done. It's like, oh, <laughs> oh dear God.
2: Well, too, and of course, they also had Charlie and I, childhood friends, just like on the verge of tears that are, that are beautiful. <laughs> yeah, we'll have like. That was
4: only
5: degrees of creepiness. Let me, uh, we'll have like we eight hour crying.
1: conversations about like history and, 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 and race and in the context of history. And then we'll have a four hour conversation about farts. <laughs> and it's, you know, the same day. Those are the things we need to worry about. We would never work progress. a 12-hour day at Key and <laughs> I know. I do. I stay late for the fart talks. Uh, let's turn it over to questions
3: from you guys. I'm sure you have them. Hello. Hi. 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 Um,
2: w- what were some ideas about race that you felt like went too far,
5: but you were kind of sad that they had to go?
2: Uh, so, things, uh, bits about race that went too far that we ended up cutting. Oh. oh interesting well there was uh, there was one sketch that i don 't think it went too far, but it was it was basically it was another slavery sketch and it was funny and it was a blackout but I think the decision at the end of the day was it 's an important it, it 's an important piece of comedy. Uh, to uh, the yeah the uh, the plantation one so and you know we had the auction block scene as well, and so the choice came down to it 's a sacred enough topic that you do it once and you do it right, and uh you know one of them ended up uh you know falling away in that process
4: other than that that 's it that 's i mean that that 's really
2: I, I think actually I'm recently we've had like we've had you know some talks about just uh, homophobia, and I think that's probably more of a, you know even outside of the race how we're dealing with uh, uh, you know how we deal with yeah. with, with gay jokes or you know, um, you know shit like that. Well, we're you know we're huge fans of you know gay people, and we we're are g- all very gay <laughs> ourselves. We love gay people. <laughs> and, we love uh, gay people. You know, so I, I'll I'll just let the cat out of the bag. Like little homies is basically about. A couple of dudes who have the creepiest advertisement for a day camp ever. And it's very, it's funny because it's, it's wrong and hey, it's a giggler. Homie. You're watching it. And I make the stories, little
5: homie. Okay, little homie. But, but here's something. This is, what the, this is what we could never get across. The, to, to ourselves. Well, they do it in the room. Were, they, they're not pedophiles. They've made the most unfortunate commercial terrible. in the world. Yeah. <laughs> but it's but it's impossible to get across that difference because if they if they come across that they come across that. It to, to me what always made me laugh is that these guys want to help inner city kids so much, <laughs> and they have made the most unfortunate commercial yeah, in the world. They're just bad. But they're just bad at just making commercials. They were pedophiles. It's
6: definitely and true. When I first heard the sketch read and I had never read it before, I was like, okay, so this is about <laughs> pedophiles. And they're okay. I was trying to get my mind around it and understand what I
1: think, what that, I think that does happen though too, where we'll write something with the intention of like making fun of homophobia or making fun of racism and then it just comes out straight homophobic.
4: Yeah, we have to I mean we always have to be you gotta always be alert. Make sure that you don't exploit what you're trying to condemn. That's the
2: that's the that's we the have hard another, part. I have another great example yeah. of something. We had a uh, we had a sketch that had um, I don't know. It, 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 do we do wiener? <laughs> Basically, there was a joke. There was a joke about uh, an Asian man having a small penis that came up in the sketch. You a know, and it was sort of
1: hilarious joke. It was, really, it was uh, you know,
2: it, it was in the sketch, and it was, it, it was a funny. It was funny. Uh, <laughs> it was funny, but it was sort of brought up, you know, uh, you know, rightly so that. You know, it, one that seems like one kind of a hack joke to do. You know, like we we've already we've heard that joke so many times. You know, and it is get you know, and it, and it, they use, people use it so many times, and it wasn't necessary for the scene. It's also not true, <laughs> little homie. All right. Well, no, all right. Uh, <laughs> And so and so that was one where we were I think as a group where you know we we decided or like and everybody has their own thing cuz I think you you were the one who brought that up Alex right and I know for me it's it's yes. retarded like I, I do not like the word retarded I don't like people calling people retarded <laughs> sorry I don't like it you know other people do it you know I just saw Ted That you know, it ends on a retard joke. So the the movie ten ends on the the, bear being retarded. One of the interesting things you do find is that everybody, you know, we're all we're all comedians and we're all you know we're sharp and we're we're jagging. We're all biting, but everybody has their little soft spot as well. Everybody
4: has it, yeah. And
2: so it's important that that stuff gets voiced because you know there's going to be a segment of the population who's going to feel the same way. Um, There's
5: also though sometimes you have to realize it's, it's you. Like if you, Because if you got everybody in the world together, you probably and accommodated every person's their one point that's saying, this is sacred, you can't go there, you would do no comedy. So it's, it goes back and forth. It's, then it's a negotiation. It's sometimes you see the person's point, you're like, okay, you're right. Step away from that one, and otherwise you say, you know, I'm sorry. I, that's gonna have to be one you're gonna have to always dislike. But you yeah, know, we're doing it. Yeah. yeah, and
1: there's and there's stuff too about like like Colton said. Like, does the scene need it to do what the scene is trying to do? You know, I think that there's a lot represented up here. We got white guys, we got black guys, we got half and halves, we got a, a, a gay person. I won't say who it is. We got a woman. <laughs> we got a Jew. So you know, <laughs> and everyone on the panel is dating someone who's eight. So there's there's a lot you know in the room. I, I think there's a lot of consciousness about you know whether we're going to be offending somebody or, or taking something too far. Or, you know, I feel like there's a lot of we spend a lot of time thinking about those kinds of things. So I hope.
2: And usually we we try to poke fun at bullies, poke fun at bravado, and uh, hi- hypocrisy, and. Uh, try and help out the, uh, you know, the victims of things, sort of, generally just makes, f- makes funny. Kind of an easy rule to abide by
3: because it works, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, hey, guys. Thanks for coming out. Uh, two quick ones. Um, one is you shoot, uh, you know, you write 300 sketches, you do 60 of them for the season. What do you do with the, the pile of dead babies, so to speak? Well, the the,
4: the, the, the babies that have been killed uh, in the Caucasian <laughs> Chalk Circle, um, the, those those babies have been, some of them are put aside and some of them are jettisoned. So so some of them can still be uh, viable Stem cell uh, research. Uh, yes, exactly, for stem cell. <laughs> <program. laughs> <laughs> are, are viable for upcoming seasons. Because there's a bunch, there, there's still, I think, a bunch of scenes that we think are winners.
5: Are there we yeah. just redo, didn't we,
2: there did we do any re- do we redo? It? What did we redo? We, we did. We did a uh, the LMFAO song.
5: LMFAO, yeah. the nonstop party. Yeah, we did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we we did plow through everything we had discarded the first season, but then it's just
3: you just you know. Let's you try to, to beat it. it. Let's, Let's just beat it. Stuff, Let's
4: just beat you
5: know? it. Yeah. Even though it was great stuff, you're like, eh, whatever. They're making it right 300 three hundred. it for the album. It's old know?
3: stuff. Yeah one, more, yeah. one more super quick question. So you said um, sometimes you write a sketch and you're like, oh, it's got the voice. We're just gonna put character sketch. Um, and when you guys perform it, you'll get it a little better. It makes more sense when you see it done. As somebody who's like writing and maybe submitting to like UCB Sketch Team or submitting to somebody else, without that, you know, that trust and that backing of like these guys can do it, what's the best way to to do that other than make it funny? Um, what's the best way to do that in your writing to to have somebody
1: email Ian? <laughs> well,
5: <laughs> no, I, I I would suggest I think you you answered your question in asking it that there's two types, and if, you, if you've written one that you think is really dependent on the character that's gonna be performed, I don't think that's your best thing to send to, send to be read. You know, you wanna to try to have something that I think is very game heavy, you know, and, and uh, that you can't be denied, and probably not, uh, also watch out for visual. I think your best, your best one, because people tend to skip over that they think that it's what, what description often is. It's like, whatever, it's in the living room, whatever. I, I, of, it's two guys in a room, and they read it. And, and if, if you write something that describes on a lot of visual description, sometimes that gets you in a hole. So I would say a game-heavy scene that's dialogue-dependent is your best thing if it's going to be read.
4: Yeah, the, the, the rule of thumb, yeah, make sure, make sure it would be funny coming out of anybody's mouth.
3: Other questions? Anyone?
6: Yeah, step over here. tell Colton that there's a power Rangers convention this week
1: <laughs> I went yesterday, but
6: um, one of my favorite sketches was your d and d sketch last year, yeah. and I was wondering if you inject inherently nerdy things into your writing or it just kind of comes
7: um, I, I wrote the D and d sketch um, uh, I just loved d and d when I was a kid and wanted to do a sketch about it and then um, I think. Uh, I can't remember where in the process, but I, I think it might have been sort of born of me and Colton just joking about the idea in our office and him sort of being that, like, thugged-out character that was going to play D&D. Um,
5: I, I, I would say, though, that this is a very proudly nerdy writing room. There, there, there are more Star Wars references than I've ever seen in scenes we had, in uh, my life.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we, had, we, had the, we had the R2-D2 uh, Xbox yep. that, we could play, that we could play video games on.
1: Yeah, we it played a 2, like two now platformer on. <laughs> um, uh,
2: but yeah, go ahead. I don't think uh, Charlie was done.
7: Did I uh, answer your question? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, just because I thought I like nerdy stuff like that. So yeah, I definitely try and inject nerdy things that I think are cool. We
2: sketches. gave a, we gave a shot at a sketch this year that we didn't end up making, but uh, was. <laughs> I, I I asked Charlie to write the the opposite version of that sketch, oh, yes. so it was oh, yeah. my, my oh, right. it was his character Keegan's character at a at a game of dominoes with me and my boys, <laughs> so I do the opposite, and uh, I think in that. Just in the pitch, it was a little bit flawed. <laughs> but it was a very funny
4: sketch, Charlie. No, it was a funny sketch. Yeah, that, that happens sometimes where we find things. We find things that, uh, it goes back to the, the kind of the mantra of make sure that it's something that's Keegan and Jordan specific. So we tried, we grinded for a couple of weeks trying to find how are we going to deal with Romney. So does, does oh, does, ooh, I get it. I get, does Romney get a, a translator? No, it, we, we we tried it, it, it. just it's not the same. It's not the same thing as Obama and Luther. It's not the same thing. Right. And so, uh, and and it took us a couple of weeks I think to discover that we're like, ah, it's just not. It's not working. It, the, the game only works in this dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: you know. I think uh, to back to the sort of the nerd stuff, which I think is a great one. Uh, Lando Calrissian. Yeah. Uh, which I don't know if you guys want to g- give them a taste a little bit of 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 what that's. Oh, like, yeah. Of, of what that was, but. uh, You know, uh, because this was another one that I think was a Charlie uh, Charlie special, and you know, and it's a great bit, uh, but but we ended up not being able to do it because it was it was almost too. They felt it was too just for the nerds. What,
3: what was but the premise? Oh, we, used oh. the
2: oh, yeah. we used the bones of it in a live in a live piece for the first season, but maybe you guys could. Oh, you're talking about uh, Cloud City. Lando's yeah, like buddy. if you just yeah, imagine uh, Keegan, uh, was it Keegan or was I it? Was, yeah, I was Billy D. Okay, so let's just imagine Keegan as Lando Calrissian just hanging out. He's having a cigarette on the balcony of Cloud City, <laughs> and I was talking about <laughs> Hey, hey, yo, Lando Calrissian, how's it? How's, how's it going? Yo, man, you at the top of the Heat dog, that's right. You up on it, yo. See, yo, I'm just honestly, I'm just polishing uh uh, stormtrooper outfits right now. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying, yo, we need to do some shit together, dog. dog. We need to, sounds good, outrageous. Sounds good. I'm saying, though, ideally, because ideally, Uh we would, you would, we would, I would be where you doing running Cloud City, and you doing the Stormtrooper policy. Really? <laughs> so we should switch places. You know? okay. I d- I'm just
4: saying, dog. I'm ideally. Oh, and, and, I, and you guys remember you the you ideally... <laughs> You know, but, that's yeah, but true. yeah, I mean, that, and, and now we did, we did get Billy. D, I mean, we did get Lando. Billy D. D Williams will be, be showing up in season. the second season. Yes, yes, he will, he will, yeah, Lando will be in the second. season. Not that season. sketch. But Not that, that sketch. sketch. Not, a, sketch. Not the Oh cameo. God. Oh,
7: oh,
1: no. boy, Comedy I Central go. though did have did have problems with like like I, I tra- we had a Star War, two Star Wars sketches two Star that were and like a a kind of Matrix related sketch that that they were like it's just yeah. too narrow. Like the Comedy Central audience. Has not seen the Matrix. And
2: there's somewhere in the middle. Like, I feel there's somewhere from our point of view where we think that it is everybody knows it, and then there's somewhere in the middle between where they think nobody knows it. Yeah. You know, I feel that it could translate, but yeah, we always are kind of playing with that line how much nerd shit can we get in here before it's only for nerds, you know?
6: Yeah, but Comedy I think it's okay to say that Comedy Central, for the most part, wanted us to avoid too many direct pop cultural references, which was sometimes frustrating, but I think for the most part, a good thing to keep it. Pure I think or
3: something. It adds something to the show. I think
6: so too. Yeah. and I think it, it
2: gives it a kind of timeless quality. You know, I I, I think in our pitching process, Keegan and I really stre- stressed that we weren't. It wasn't going to be a pop culture show.
4: Yeah, we wanted it to be. We, we wanted it to be as far us and them both. Yeah. We wanted it to be as far away from Mad TV as possible. And that was always that. That was their bread and butter was right. pop culture, super topical. You, you know, and we just thought it, it, it's funny, Ben, that you say that. It is. We try to make the sketches be about themes, you know, worldwide themes, human themes, so that hopefully the sketch your hope would be that the sketch would stand up in twenty sixty and twenty one and you know, you know well, I think it's working. Wow. Uh, <laughs> when we're Please
3: all, give uh, a round of applause to the minds behind Key and Peel. Thank you guys. Uh, Thanks to everyone here at Nerdist Industries and Meltdown Comics and to 826LA and to Dan Byrne for writing our theme song. Goodbye.
1: Now leaving
5: Nerdist.com.